Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. This is Fizz Radio on the score 1260. Tyler Aki here with you until 10 o'clock on this Saturday morning. Great time to be an SU fan right now. I'll tell you what. Tyus Battle coming back. Basketball team looking really, really good for 2018-2019. We're going to break down all the Tyus news and all that coming up here in the show today. We're going to get to that. Also talk a little bit of this Syracuse basketball schedule starting to unravel itself a little bit. We know the Big Ten ACC Challenge. That's huge. The Big Ten ACC is my favorite of the games that Syracuse play outside of of the big ACC games, but Big Ten ACC always is a fun game, competitive atmosphere. You love those games. So I'm going to talk about what Ohio State brings to the table because that's going to be an intriguing matchup. But of course, Tyus Battle, the news of the week in the 3-1-5. Let's get right to it. So when you break it all down, this was really surprising. And I think the timeline of the whole nature of this beast is maybe the most fascinating part of the entire thing. Now, when you think about it, you went into, what was that, a, a Wednesday? You go into that Wednesday thinking, all right, he's gone. And the fact that he is still holding out a little bit is just kind of taunting Syracuse fans. Really giving them a cardiac cuse moment. But he goes, and actually he wasn't the one who initially reported it. Jeff Goodman is the one that initially makes the report. And he tweets it out from his account saying, Tyus Battle is returning to school. Tyus Battle then proceeds to go on Instagram and put out a post saying that, yeah, he's coming back. It says, good to be back. And uh, that's when Q's Nation starts to think, wow, uh, they beat the odds on this one. This is bigger than any upset that Syracuse had in all of 2017. Bigger than Michigan State. I'll say it. Bigger than Michigan State that Tyus Battle is coming back to school. Because it seemed like, and again, I, I've said this on Fizz Radio, on FizzCast. Adam Zagoria came out with something a couple weeks ago saying that... It looked like all signs were pointing to Tyus Battle returning, or rather keeping his name in the NBA draft. It looked like that's the direction that things were heading. And then, and keep in mind, Adam Zagoria is kind of, and I make this joke all the time, but he is kind of to the Battle family what Jeff Goodman was to the Ball family. He was always there, and Zagoria, he made the like a mini-doc series on Battle and his decision to where he was going to play college ball when he was a high school recruit. So Zagoria is very close with the Battle family. And then the when you look at everything that went down and Goodman puts out the tweet, but then Zagoria says it's not a done deal yet that he is returning to Syracuse. He says he talked to Gary, Tyus's father, and said, this is not a done deal quite yet. Hold your horses just a little bit. And then Tyus Battle deletes the Instagram, which was kind of 
the turning point in my opinion. I thought that was when Syracuse was going to be in trouble. And it would be a, a very, and I saw this all over Twitter. That is the most Syracuse way to go down. Just have your hopes built all the way up and then taken away from you. That'd be the second biggest kick in the nuts of the year for Syracuse in this offseason. You got Darius Baisley and then Tyus Battle with a potential tease. Not to mention Jordan Tucker and Quade Green. Wow, what a year for Syracuse basketball. <laughs> Anyways, so Battle takes down the Instagram and I'm thinking to myself, wow, some team just called. Some team just called Tyus Battle and said, whoa, 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 we thought you were staying in the draft. We thought you were going to keep it in there and we're going to take you early second round. But that wasn't the case, apparently. Although there was another scare later in the day. Jonathan Gavoni, the ESPN draft expert, is at this pro combine and who is there working out with an NBA trainer, Drew Hanlon? Tyus Battle playing three on threes with five other guys who are already staying in this draft. He's playing three on three with five guys who are going to have their names in this draft. Most of them with agents, too. And that's when you start to think, hey, Tyus Battle, he's going to the league. He's keeping his name in the draft. But then Gavoni asks him right after, and what do you know? He says, Tyus Battle, coming back to school, he just put the paperwork in, and he is going to be orange for 2018-2019. What a day for Cuse Nation. What a day. See, people complain, oh, why couldn't he have just said it maybe a couple days ago? Why couldn't he have been direct right away? Wasn't that fun? Wasn't, isn't that the fun Syracuse way to go about a decision like that? I don't know. I enjoyed it a lot. You're listening to Fizz Radio on the score 1260. Tyler Aki here with you until 10 o'clock on this Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us. If you want to chime in, tweet at us at Orange Fizz. We'll get to all of your feedback throughout the show and later on as well. Okay, so Tyus Battle coming back. I'll get to what it all means coming up next. But right now, I just want to say, listen, I'm not here to bash Tyus Battle's decision. And this is almost kind of the counter, the opposite of what you would expect someone to do when someone's choosing to return to school. It doesn't usually end well. Look at Miles Bridges. He's going to slip a couple spots in this draft. Michigan State, he was a bona fide lottery pick. Now he's going to go back into the lottery. Why? Because he's a sophomore. He has those extra miles on his tires. My favorite, absolute favorite example of this is Ivan Rabb out of Cal. He was supposed to be a lottery pick, a center power forward type player. Supposed to be a lottery pick after his freshman year. Wants to go back to school. And what happens? Falls to the second round. Second round pick. Again, no guarantees money-wise. Kind of out fight for yourself. You're fighting to be an NBA player, not an NBA draft pick. And listen... If you're going to end up in the G League, you might as well get that first round, get that guaranteed money. 
Malachi Richardson, Tyler Lydon. What did they do? They chased that guaranteed money. Tyus Battle is not going to be a number one, a first-round pick next year in my book. I think teams are going to be scared off by the fact that he's a junior. Listen, he's a heck of a player, and, and I really do think that if even if he does go in the second round, he's going to turn into a quality pro just because of his defense. I think his defense is going to be one of those things that really thrives once he's out of the Syracuse 2-3 system. But I, I do think he has a chance in the NBA. Again, of all these guys who have been Syracuse players that have gone to the NBA maybe a little earlier than fans thought they should, see Malachi Richardson, see Tyler Ennis, see Tyler Lydon, I think that Tyus Battle will be the best of all of them. Even if he's a second-round pick, how about that? He's going to be the lowest picked out of all of them. And he's still going to be the best out of all three. But now, now looking at this draft, 2011 was the last time Syracuse did not have a player selected. And what did they go on to do the next season? 34-3! and 34-3! You got all that returning talent. All that returning experience as well. This is going to be a very experienced Syracuse team, and I'm, I'm going to hit on all of that in just a little bit. But again, I, I don't agree with what Tyus did, but I can do nothing but respect it because, hey, it's his life. He can do what he wants. If he wants to come back to college, he even said, he put out that post that said, the, N the NBA, God willing, is in his future. And I, th I think it is, but I think he may have cost himself a couple spots in the draft by waiting until next year as opposed to this year. But hey, Syracuse is going to have a, a hell of a run. I really do. I really think this is going to be a very good team. And the timeline of everything, the crazy events. What a day it was Wednesday. What a day. Not to mention, and maybe I'll, I'll touch on this a little bit later, Isaiah Stewart also puts Syracuse in his top 10. He's a top 10 recruit in the class of 2019. So... Overall, a great day to be an Orange fan. Haven't had many of those lately, have you? Not a lot. So, all right, coming up next, I'll tell you what all of this means for Syracuse. We're going to preview and speculate, and it's going to be fun. You're listening to Fizz Radio. Welcome back. Fizz Radio here on The Score 1260. Tyler Aki with you. Thanks for hanging out with me on this Saturday morning here until 10 o'clock. Plenty to talk about. We've got Tyus Battle coming back. We just talked a little bit about that. If you missed any of my conversation early on, I guess it's more of a monologue since I'm the only one here, but you can find it online, SoundCloud, iTunes, Fizz Radio. Just search Orange Fizz. Subscribe to us. You can also Get all the latest podcasts and exclusive interviews, Fizzcasts, and full episodes of Fizz Radio. Tim Leonard and I broke down this entire thing in full in podcast form, so be sure to check that out. That's on our iTunes Podcast Center as well as on SoundCloud as well. So give that a listen for an even longer and fuller, more in-depth look at what happened with Ty's Battle this week. Anyways... Let's talk now about how this whole thing is kind of coming together because when you look at this roster for next season, you can't do anything really but start to smile ear to ear 
This is going to be a fun team. Remember last season when this team could do nothing but play defense and grab rebounds and block shots? Isn't that kind of boring as a basketball fan? You want to see that high-tempo, scoring, offensive-driven team? That's what made Trey Young so much fun. That's what made Villanova so much fun. Because they could score the basketball. They could shoot from wherever. Well, guess what? That, that might be Syracuse next year. That really could be Syracuse next year. And all the defense comes back, too. Look at what's coming into the Syracuse team. First of all, let's start with what's coming back. Obviously, Tyus Battle. Amongst returning players, he's the leading scorer in the conference. In the ACC, arguably the best conference in the country. Along with that, Frank Howard has improved tremendously with his shooting stroke. I know I, I am not the biggest defender of Frank Howard, but you can't deny his shot's gotten a lot better. Remember when he used to not be allowed to shoot the ball? When if he and if the ball ever left his hands and it didn't end up in one of his teammates' hands, Jim Beheim immediately yanked him out. And now he has free reign to shoot from wherever. His sh shot has gotten a lot better over these last couple of years. No doubt about that. And I would only expect that to improve a little bit more. O'Shea Brissett, I'll tell you what. And, and at the end of last season, he really started to refine that jump shot. I think the dome vision thing was really a problem for him. If you're not familiar with that, when you go inside the carrier dome... The depth of the seats from the back of the basket to the back of the stadium. It messes with your depth perception. And that is something that I think bothered O'Shea Brissett. Because when he went to NBA-style arenas or standard-sized college arenas, he had no problem shooting the three. He was shooting, at one point, he was shooting 11% better on the road than at home. And those road games happened down in Florida at the Miami Heat Arena, at the Washington Wizards Arena, and at Wake Forest. He was shooting astronomically better on the road. And I think he's starting to figure it out inside the dome too. And then Mark Dolezal's shot became pretty consistent. When he stepped out 15 to 17 feet at the end of the season, you think back in the postseason, the games that he had, specifically against Wake Forest. But along with that, he played really well in all of the NCAA tournament games too. He was a more confident basketball player. I'll tell you what. What Red Autry has done with Marek Dolezal is unbelievable. He has turned a guy who started the season as a bench player, a great unknown, someone that no one had ever even heard of on the recruiting cycle, and he turned him into a quality ACC basketball player. How about that? And when you look at Marek Dolezal, you the only thing that screams basketball is his height. He is rail thin, and he went out there and hung with some of the big boys in the conference. He did a heck of a job turning his season around in that back end. Once he got into the lineup, got his confidence, he looked like a totally different basketball player, and he was phenomenal down the stretch. I'm excited for what he does offensively 
in this coming season. You're listening to Fizz Radio, score 1260. Be sure to tweet at us, at OrangeFizz, at TylerRocky underscore. We'll get to all your thoughts throughout the day. So I, I just ran through the starters. Let's get to what's coming next year, too. There's a lot coming in. I know Syracuse, again, big hit. No Darius Baisley. Sucks, all right? At this point, you got to put him, put that in the back mirror. You can't worry about that anymore. What's done is done. You move forward. You work with what you got. And what you got is pretty good. What you got is pretty darn good. Jalen Carey. How about Fran Fraschilla coming out and saying that Jalen Carey could be next year's Trey Young? I'll tell you what. Jalen Carey is going to come out hungry. He is now the number one prospect in the Syracuse class of 2019. And his dad, John Carey, told me this is only going to motivate his son with Baisley no longer on the team. And I think we're going to see a big season out of Jalen Carey. He can shoot the ball. He can handle the ball. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited with what's to come out of Jalen Carey. I think this kid's going to be phenomenal for the Orange. And again... He might play himself in to the NBA draft. So enjoy him while he's here. Because I think he's going to be phenomenal for this Orange team. So he's going to give you scoring. Let's not forget about Elijah Hughes too. This was a guy who could shoot the ball. From some things we've heard, he's one of the best players in practice. When he comes on to the floor, it's going to be fun. Because... He's one of those players that is just electric. He's gonna he's a really high energy guy too. And I think he's really gonna be a fan favorite among Syracuse fans because what he brings to the table is scoring. I think he's gonna score at a high volume off the bench. Again, Syracuse has not had a bench scorer. Not just this year, but really in general, <laughs> these last couple of years, Syracuse hasn't had a dependable option to score off the bench. Tyus Battle was a little bit his freshman season, but then he worked his way into the starting lineup. Syracuse has not had good bench scoring, and they're going to have some really good options off the bench. I mentioned Jalen Carey already, and then you also have Elijah Hughes. And then if you need a bucket at any point, hey, Buddy Beheim, coach's son, get in the game. That guy can shoot the lights out, and that's just not... What, the stigma that's around him. That's actually a real thing. He can play basketball. He's not just a coach's son walking onto this team. I talked to Darius Baisley about it. He said Buddy can hoop. And that's coming from Darius Baisley, a guy who is so confident in himself that he's choosing to go to the G League instead of come to college. I think Buddy Bayheim's going to be a valuable piece to this upcoming Syracuse roster. And there's some reports, or not reports, but some some Twitter gab going around that, oh, he should redshirt. There's going to be games where you need a bucket. And Buddy Bayheim is going to be a prime candidate to get those. I think Buddy Bayheim is going to be a crucial piece to this team. And then you've also got the, a couple unknowns too. Barama Sidibe. How are his knees going to hold up? Who knows with that? If he is, he's a great piece off the bench. Him and Chuku splitting minutes about 20-20. I think that's a great piece because when he was in there, when he wasn't fouling, when he could stay out of foul trouble, he showed that he could score down low and he also showed what he was capable of in terms of 
rebounding on the defensive end, blocking shots. He was excellent. He was, I think, better than Pascal Chukwu was last season. The problem was you couldn't keep him on the floor. Whether it was fouls, injuries, minutes restrictions, it was tough to keep him on the floor. But when he was out there, he was better than Pascal Chukwu, no doubt in my mind. Impacted the game the same way and then was just a lot better offensively. More refined, more polished. I was a big fan of Barama Sidibe in year one. And then another great unknown, Robert Braswell. What's he going to bring to the table? Again, a freshman, late bloomer. Who knows exactly what he's going to show up like? Is he going to be a guy like Mark Dolezal, where it's going to take him a little bit? Again, Mark Dolezal has kind of been his comp for Syracuse fans because, again, he's got that international style of play. He's long. He might be just a better shooting version of Dolezal. And if that's the case, Syracuse is in good hands for 2018, 2019. Wow, time is flying. But yeah, Syracuse could be in a really good spot for next year. I'm starting to see some of these rankings fly around. I've seen Syracuse as high as 16. I'm going to put them at 15. Just because I think that when you look at how things are shaping up in college basketball right now, Again, some weird things happening. A lot of guys not returning to college. A lot of guys keeping their names in the draft. But also, when you look at where players are going, too. Again, this is a uh, recruiting-wise, very top-heavy. All the good players are going to Duke. Everyone. They're all going to Duke. And that's less to sprinkle around. For the people below Duke. And that's why I think Syracuse. You're you're returning everyone from a Sweet 16 run. That experience. Coupled with a lot of good players on the roster. A lot of good players coming on to the team as well. That's going to really bode well for the Orange next season. I think they're going to be. I think they should open up as 15. I don't know if they will. I think they're going to tread though around that 15 to 18 range. So I've seen some other places have them back end of the 20s too, but th- this is a top 20 Syracuse team, no doubt in my mind, heading into next season. And I think that's exactly what will be reflected in the first poll that's released whenever that comes out. So should be a fun Syracuse basketball season next year, and we know another opponent on the schedule, Big Ten ACC Challenge released. I'll tell you what you need to know out of the Buckeyes and why I'm not happy with the matchup. That's coming up on the other side. You're listening to Fizz Radio. Back on Fizz Radio, we've had a lot of Tyus Battle Talk so far. What's this roster looking like next season? All that good stuff. You miss any of it? Don't worry. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Orange Fizz. You can get the full episode from this Fizz Radio, as well as my and Tim Leonard's full Fizzcast, where we break down Everything you need to know about Tyus Battle. Now, let's get into something we know about 2018-2019. Schedule slowly unraveling itself. We know a handful of non-conference games, but my favorite non-conference game of the year, Big Ten ACC Challenge. I don't care what tournament or little thing that Syracuse may be in. The best non-conference game for Syracuse every year. And... Every team in the ACC conference, with the exception of maybe a Duke or a Carolina, is the Big Ten ACC Challenge. No doubt the best challenge, too, in college basketball. These games are certainly 
the most fun to watch. You get some really great battles. And the Big Ten and ACC, two of the best conferences in college basketball, especially as of late. Look at who's playing in Final Fours. Look at who's playing in National Championships. Carolina, Michigan, look at the last two. Again, these teams, these are a match made in heaven. I love the Big Ten ACC Challenge. I've been a Big Ten guy my entire life. So, of course, this holds a little more special meaning to me, but I I just think that these teams really match up well with each other, and it's just too perfect to pass up. Great opportunity to get some, just add to that strength of schedule. So, here's why. Now, they came out with the full slate, all right? And Syracuse has drawn Ohio State. Now, I don't know what the perception of this game is amongst Syracuse fans, but to me, I'm not intrigued one bit. I think it's a little disrespectful. And granted, maybe the people and the schedulers thought that Tyus Battle wasn't coming back, so Syracuse wasn't going to be as marquee of a team coming into next season. But it seems a little disrespectful to Syracuse. The team I really wanted to see the Orange play was Indiana because it'd be one of the marquee matchups of the night. You think about it. You got Romeo Langford trying to revive Indiana basketball and he's going up against Tyus Battle and that is just a great matchup to watch. Can this freshman slay an experienced bunch of players that are coming off a Sweet 16 run? I think Syracuse got robbed. I think they should have played Indiana in this. How about just a rematch of the national championship, the Keith Smart game? Isn't that what these fans want? Isn't that what you as the fan wants to see? Shouldn't that be what some of these challenges are about? Is reigniting the nostalgia of some of these matchups? Indiana was a no-brainer. And again, I get you can't do it every single year. But I think this would have been the perfect time. Syracuse playing at a high level. Indiana about to be playing at a high level. They've got a great coach over there too as well in Archie Miller. So I think it made too much sense. Indiana draws Duke. I get it. Duke is currently the cream of the crop. And maybe Indiana is going to be that for for the Big Ten. But you look at you go down the line in terms of who drew who. And if it wasn't going to be Indiana, why not Michigan State? Why not a rematch of last year's round of 32 game where Syracuse beats the Spartans in Detroit right in the backyard of East Lansing? I don't get why Louisville is getting that bump and not Syracuse. That just didn't make a lot of sense to me. There there are a number of players, or rather of teams, that got a bump in the ACC ahead of Syracuse. And and I think you should be a little frustrated. And you may be saying right now, wait, wasn't Ohio State pretty good last year? They lost to Gonzaga in the NCAA tournament. And again, Gonzaga was the better team in that matchup. But Ohio State finished third in the Big Ten last year. And yes, that's pretty good. But Big Ten had a very down year last year. Only four teams got into the tournament. Four teams. In a conference of, I believe now, up to 14. They got in four. Something doesn't add up here. 
Ohio State, again, they had a great record. 15 and 3 in the conference, 25 and 9 overall. But look at next season. This is not the Ohio State team that came in as a 5 seed to the NCAA tournament. You're going to lose most of your best players. Keita Bates Diop going to the NBA. Jay Sean Tate graduated. Andrew Dockich gone. You're losing three major players and you're not bringing anyone in. You got a couple four stars who knows how much of an impact they're going to make. You almost kind of feel bad for Matthew Moyer in this because Justin Aaron's an Ohio State commit. I know him and Moyer are pretty good friends. And Moyer grew up an Ohio State fan as well. He loves Ohio State. And now he can't be a part of this game. So I guess it kind of sucks to be Ohio State, or rather Matthew Moore in this situation. Jumped the boat a little too soon. But Ohio State, it says their recruiting class is 25, but I think that's more because of the volume of players that are coming in. Sixth in the Big Ten, which if you know how the Big Ten recruits, they don't usually get those top-level type guys. Yeah, they get a handful here and there, but it's a lot of recruiting out of your own backyard, getting the local guys to come, and then you build these kind of empires, and you you, you hammer down that corner. That's why it was so crucial that Indiana got Romeo Langford. It would show that you could take the Indiana territory. And that's kind of what Big Ten recruiting is. And... Now Syracuse is going to be going up against an Ohio State team that isn't nearly the team that it was last year. And I think, again, it's kind of like what happened with Maryland too. Syracuse was playing a Maryland team that just simply wasn't as good as it has been in years past. Ohio State had some great wins last year, but no sport goes through as much turnover as college sports. Again, the cycle. Every four years, you're getting new players in, old ones out. You're listening to Fizz Radio, Score 1260. Tyler Rocky here telling you why Ohio State, not my favorite matchup for the Big Ten ACC Challenge. It would have been nice to see Syracuse play some type of nostalgic game. And Indiana would have fit that bill perfectly. They haven't played Indiana yet in this Big Ten ACC. Not to mention... When Syracuse went to the Final Four in 2013 when they knocked out Indiana. Again, that was a great Indiana team. Cody Zeller. I believe Victor Oladipo was also on that team as well. So, would have been nice to see Syracuse play a team like Indiana. One more quick Syracuse basketball note I want to get to before I get all your thoughts and Fizz feedback. Isaiah Stewart, Class of 2019 center he just put Syracuse in his top 10 this is huge but I do want to give a little bit of caution to Syracuse fans in this one and I know a lot of SU fans are kind of just waiting for Isaiah Stewart to spurn them and pick Duke because Duke also made it into his top 10 but here's what I'll tell you I'm not as worried about Duke I'm more concerned about what could happen out in Washington. Mike Hopkins was one of the guys 
who really got Isaiah Stewart interested in Syracuse. Now, if you don't know anything about Stewart, he's a Rochester kid, so of course he's going to have that appeal towards Syracuse because he's the local kid, and there's probably a lot of mutual respect between the two parties, so of course he's going to know the Syracuse brand. But he's putting in Washington, and Mike Hopkins was the one who got this five-star really interested. Hopkins, of course, now the coach of the Huskies. It's even been said previously by Stewart that Hopkins is one of the reasons why he liked SU so much. But apparently Jim Beheim, as soon as Hopkins left, made sure to reach out and let Stewart know that he was still welcome with the Orange, even though Hopkins was no longer with the team. Now, here's kind of, again, this is conspiracy talking too as well, but I remember a couple of years ago, Jaleel Okafor, Tyus Jones, point guard and center for Duke, they were really good friends. They played or they were just really good friends, and they decided that they wanted to play their college ball together. They kind of made themselves a joint commitment. And I'm wondering if maybe Isaiah Stewart does something similar with Joe Girard, who, coincidentally, is also being recruited by Syracuse and Duke. That would be an interesting twist. Two kind of central-ish New York, upstate New York guys and they want to they play their AAU ball together with the Albany City Rocks which by the way they were teammates with Buddy Bayheim on the City Rocks so maybe Buddy can do a little recruiting of his own too but you wonder if maybe some type of joint deal can be struck there and they'll come as a package because that would be a huge huge bonus for Syracuse's class of 2019 huge Isaiah Stewart top 10 recruit And Joe Girard, probably the best shooter in the class of 2019. One of the best scorers as well. Again, he's broken pretty much every single record in the state of New York. He's unbelievable. What the kid does is score, score, and score more. Isaiah Stewart, big physical body. He'd be a great piece for Syracuse. But... It's all a waiting game, as is recruiting most of the time. All right, coming up, we'll get all your thoughts. Fizz feedback on the way. You're listening to The Score 1260. All right, let's put a bow on this one. You're listening to Fizz Radio on The Score 1260. Tyler Anki taking you up until 10 o'clock on this Saturday morning. Be sure to follow us everywhere online. Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes. You'll get the full episodes of this, as well as all of our written content orangefizz.net there we post all the latest articles you can read as well as get the full episodes of fizz radio as well as the latest fizz cast exclusive interviews all that good stuff and more all right fizz feedback time i put out questions on twitter you guys respond polls that i put out so let's start with the first one with Tyus battle back syracuse will win blank games this season Options were 30 plus, 26 to 29, 23 to 26, and under 23. Right now, the leader in the clubhouse is 26 to 29 at 43%. That's followed by 23 to 26 at 28%, 30 
30 plus at 23%. Wow, a lot of ambitious fans out there. And then under 23 with 6%. I got to agree with the the majority on this one. 26 to 29 seems like that sweet spot. Although I did throw out the stat earlier, the last time Syracuse did not have a player drafted in the NBA draft, the team went 34 and 3. They returned some very good players to that team. That was the Dion Waiters team. They returned a lot of talented pieces, and they were able to put together a 30-plus win season. So 30-plus, not out of the cards, but again, you play in the ACC. Those were the Big East days, and I'm not saying the Big East was some type of cakewalk, but the ACC this year, you get Duke two times. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. You're going to have to take care of business in the non-conference. Again, 34-3. and three. You're losing three games all season long. I don't think we're, we're talking about how tough that is to do as a team. So I think 30-plus is a little ambitious. But if Syracuse got 26-27, I think that's just about right. I think that sounds about right. 23-26 wouldn't surprise me too. Again, remember the last time Syracuse was this hyped up? They missed the tournament. So, it happens. But that was the 2016-2017 team. But a lot of new moving pieces. This team returns a bunch of experienced guys. So, I'll, I'll say this team's winning 26-27 games. I'll agree with the majority of you on this one. Next up, Tyus Battle will average... More than 19 points per game, less than 19 points per game. Last year, he was at 19.2. I don't think that number's going up, though. And here's why. Well, let me just get your results first. More than 19 points per game, currently the lead dog with 66%. Less than 19 points per game in second place at 34%. Here's why I don't think that number's going up. It's actually, I think it's going to be more towards 17 but it's going to be a much more efficient 17. This team's going to have some players that can play offensively. He's not going to be asked to go out there and score 20 points every night. Is he going to have plenty of 20-point games? Oh, absolutely. I believe he will. But I just don't think he's going to have that as many. Because remember, last year, it was kind of the thing. Are you ever going to score less than 20 points, Ty's battle? And he was shouldering the offensive load so frequently for this team. I don't think he's going to have to do that as much. Look at everyone that's coming back. You've got the scoring options. Frank Howard, I think, is going to be a little bit better shooting the basketball. O'Shea Brissett will surely have an improved offensive game, especially since he won't be a focal point defensively. I think he can really exploit some of that and be a quality shooter. And then Mark Dolzhai stepped up down the stretch. He could show he could hit a 17-footer pretty consistently. And then along with that, you finally have some bench scoring. You have bench scoring. You've got Jalen Carey, Elijah Hughes, both guys who can get a bucket for you. So it's not that Tyus Battle is going to have a worse scoring season. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he's going to average less than 19 points per game, not because he is taking a step backwards. It's because... There's just going to be more options around for him to play with. And he's going to not shoulder the load of this offensive burden for Syracuse. He's going to have options that he can defer to. And he's just going to shoot a lot better, too. I think he's going to be shooting upwards of 40, 
43-44% from the field. As opposed to, I believe he was in the 30s last year. He's just going to be a lot more efficient of a basketball player. And that's what you need out of a guy who now he's coming back. He is gambling on himself and improving his stock. So he really needs this. We'll see if he can get it next season. All right. That's going to do it for us here on Fizz Radio. As always, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. If you're just tuning in right now, you can catch the full episode. That's online. That's on iTunes. You can get that there. Search Orange Fizz. You'll get the full episode. Thanks so much for joining me on this Saturday afternoon. Battle's back!